Um, if you're here for the first time, uh, we've been on a series of thought, uh, looking in at uh, the Bible and, and where it talks about um, the chronos of our time, that um, under heaven there is a time to live and a time to die. Um, in, in many senses, talking about the, the chronos or the, the digital time or the clock time of our life. Um, we've been given three score years and ten, or by reason of strength, we may continue. And there's a few people in the room who, by reason of strength, have decided to continue. Um, it's not a death sentence, three score years and ten. It's a, it's a, it's a, a time date in the calendar that if you're ready to go, go. If you're not, keep going. Um, then there's 120 years. The Bible talks of 120 years. I don't think anyone in the room's quite made it there yet. John, you're on your way, but there are, <laughs> there are a few. But we haven't got to 120 yet, all right? And, and, but, but there are, Don't laugh out loud, Joan. So there, we know that there is a, t- a start date to our life and there is an end time to our life. And they are the days of our life, 24-hour days that just keep going. 86,400 seconds, we just keep going. We keep churning them out. But also there is in the Greek this word called kairos. And the word kairos is appointed times, God moments. Moments where things happen that you weren't expecting. They weren't the normal process of your everyday life But God moves. And they are the important moments of our journey in our life where God suddenly intervenes. So we've been looking at this subject and we're going to continue to look at the subject today. Um, And today, really, the title, if you're going to write any notes, it is Knowing Our Position and Our Purpose. Because if you don't know why you were born, you will never live out your purpose. What is the purpose for my life? Why on earth was I born? What on earth was I born at this time in life? You know, for many, many years, I used to say, if, if I could go to the time of my life when I would have wanted to have, been, to have been born, it would have been back on the days of medieval nights. Yes, come on. <laughs> I have a brother in arms. <laughs> it's a... It's like, in all honesty, I probably wouldn't have been able to pick up the sword because it would have been so heavy. But that in my mind, Robin Hood charging through the forest of Nottingham is my ideal time of life. (laughs) Oh, little John, good man. (laughs) Oh, dear, will I get to the message? Anyway. So, so in my thinking, I'm, I'm, I've always wanted to be little um, Robin Hood, little John, and um, you know, knights in, in the forest and all, all the rest of it. That would be, if I could go to my ideal time, you know, travel time backwards just to encounter it. I wonder how many of us have ever thought, why was I born right now? Why was I born in this nation? Why was I born in the nation that I was birthed at? Why was I born to my parents? Why, why, why? And I'm going to try and answer some of those questions this morning. Because I believe every one of us has asked that question at some point in our life. Why? And I think it's a really big question. Kairos moments. 
appointed seasons, windows of opportunity. Family church, the kairos moment of God is God's dimension. It's his domain. We can't make kairos moments happen. It's his intervention in our chronos time. And they are amazing when you encounter them. A kairos moment is a time when the Holy Spirit is moving and ready to act. Therefore, we know the Holy Spirit is always moving. We know he's always present. Right now, here in this room, this morning, the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, is here. Why? Because he wants to intervene in people's lives. He wants to touch your heart. He wants to heal a hurt. He wants to restore something that was lost. He wants to impart wisdom. He is here on purpose, for a purpose, not just to give us a goosebump, not just to make us feel pleasant in the house of God, but to intervene in our life and change the direction of our journey. The Holy Spirit is not just passive here. He's active ministering into the hearts of people. A Kairos moment is an invitation to cooperate with the Holy Spirit at any given moment. That's why we need to have an ear to what God is doing. A heart that is leaning to where he's leading at any given moment. Why? Because if the Holy Spirit is leading and guiding us, we want to be in tune with what he's saying. When he says, go and speak to the lady at the checkout, we don't just say, stand there and say, well, somebody else, will can, they can do it. That when we see someone walking towards us and the Holy Spirit says, they need to hear this in their life. I remember being, as I was a postie, postman walking along the street, minding my own business, just shoving letters, the right letters, through the right doors. <laughs> and I was, uh, that was my job for 17 years. And I remember walking along down Eastbourne Avenue, as clear as day, I was walking down Eastbourne Avenue, and this lady was walking towards me, and the Holy Spirit said, Speak to this lady. She's being physically and mentally abused by her husband. She needs to know that I care for her. <laughs> what do you do with a message like that? I got on my bike and cycled straight past her. <laughs> and I got past her and I heard the voice of the Spirit of God say, you need to go and speak to her. She's in danger for her life. All of a sudden, the heart starts to pump a bit faster, and, and you think, is this me? I said, Lord, if she's there tomorrow, I will speak to her. And I cycled off. Then at the same time, at the same place, she was there again to, the next day. And the Holy Spirit, I, I, I'd totally forgotten it. The Holy Spirit reminded me, you need to speak to this lady. She's being abused. And I cycled straight past her. It, it, was, it was the hardest. You know, it just doesn't make sense. But when there's a Kairos moment taking place, it doesn't always make sense. And I cycled past her and I said, Lord, how can I? How can I say this to her? And as I was cycling down the road, I looked behind and I could see her going around the corner. So I got, got on my bike and I cycled up the road and I caught up with her as she was about to go into her, her house. And I said to her exactly what God had spoken to me. 
she broke down there and then. She said, you have no idea what I've been going through. Thank you for telling me. Thank you for speaking to me. And then I was able to help minister to her and her journey. It was a God moment at a God-appointed time that I could have ignored. But where would her life have been? What could have taken place? How sensitive we need to be in the journey and how bold we need to be in responding to what God calls us to do. Kairos moments. Cooperating with the Holy Spirit in any given moment. Before knowing our position, we, we need to know that God is with us. See, we can know, oh, I'm a Christian, but actually never give a thought to God being with you day in, day out. He never leaves us nor forsakes us. Therefore, he's always speaking. Therefore, we need to know our purpose and our position. We need to know why we're here. And we're not, you, you are not just here to do an eight-hour day working, have an eight-hour sleep at night, and have a family that are around you. You are here on purpose for a purpose. And God will use you as an individual to fulfill those purposes in each of our lives. We can see it really clearly in the life of Jesus. I'm going to take Jesus as our example and then a couple of others because I think it's really important that we see in the Bible how God uses individuals so that then we can see how God will use us in our journey. When Jesus came into this earth, it was a Kairos moment. The Bible says, in the fullness of time, Jesus was born. In the, well, you say in the fullness of time, but life has continued afterwards. Oh, yeah, but in the fullness of God's time, Jesus was born. It was a defining moment in time. It changed time. It changed AD, BC. It changed everything when Jesus came and walked on this earth. It was a Kairos perfect moment. This is what John the Baptist had to say about this Kairos timing or the purpose in which Jesus came. In Mark chapter 1, verse 15, if you've got your Bible, feel free to flip it open. If not, it's going to be on the screen. For purposes of time, I have my Bible, but I've also got it written down. So it says this, and saying, this is John the Baptist, the appointed period of time is fulfilled. The appointed period of time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent, change your inner self. I, I can't get past this. There is an appointed time for salvation. There is an appointed moment when we encounter God and we realize you're real. We may have lived for Sylvia. How, how old were you when you accepted Jesus? That's about five years ago. But that moment in Broom Park. Oh, yeah, that was three years ago. Three to five years ago. So let's say Sylvia is 60. Okay, she's 85, she's just told me. She's 85, but she got saved five years ago. She's lived a life 
She's done all that she's done, and then she encountered God who has her redeemer and changed the journey of your life. And then there's others in the room who, as a child, they get saved, they encounter God, they walk with God all the days of their life. But there was still an appointed moment in their life where they accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And it doesn't matter whether you're 80 or 5. We all have those appointed moments. But do you know what? For my life, I, got, I, I, I genuinely found God at, at the age of about 20, 22, thereabouts. 20. 20 22. <laughs> Jane knows better than I do. Approximately, <laughs> approximately 22 years old. I, I, I knew God for sure was real. He wasn't a figment of imagination. He wasn't just a myth or a story. He was so real. He became so real. He enc- I encountered his love in such a real way. And it changed my life forever. That was a Kairos moment. A God intervention moment. And here at this moment, it says, repent, re- repent, change your inner self. Your old way of thinking, regret the past sins. Live your life in a way that proves repentance. Seek God's purpose for your life. Are we seeking God's purpose for our life? And believe with a deep abiding trust in the good news regarding salvation. The appointed period of time is fulfilled. That was a Kairos moment, a historic moment. This moment in the journey of life where all of a sudden Jesus was born and the cry of a baby revealed the Kairos moment that a child would be born. Prophecy after prophecy after prophecy. Things that have been spoken for years, for centuries beforehand. In a moment, suddenly became real. In a moment of time, with the cry of a baby in, in, a, in, a, in a stable, the realization, the call of God was on the earth. The call of God's voice, even as a baby, was on the earth. There's another moment. The cross. The cross was a kairos moment. Guys, if you're looking for a seat, there are some seats in here. So feel free, if you want to grab a chair, feel free to come on in. There was a Kairos moment in Jesus' life again. And that was at the cross. In Romans 5, verse 6, it says, While we were still helpless, powerless to provide for our salvation, at the right time, the God-ordained moment, Christ died as a substitute for the ungodly. Jesus died in my place. He died when I was dead in my trespasses and sins. When I was dead without hope in this world, Jesus died in my place. But he didn't just do that for me. He did it for you. He did it for the whole world. He took my sin upon himself so that he could take my rubbish and I could take his goodness. There was that appointed time. So where... Does that leave us? Where does this leave me and you in the journey of our life? Were you born a mistake? For some in this room, I can guarantee for someone in this room, you've always had this question mark in your mind. I was a mistake. 
My parents didn't want me. They hadn't planned for me. I was the product of a rape. Whatever that would be, you can fill in the blank. I don't understand why I was born. I, you need to hear this this morning. You were born on purpose and for a purpose. How seed and egg brought you into the world doesn't matter. The purpose for which you were born does. We can always be held captive to the cause and effect. Or we can say, God, I look to you. You brought me here on purpose. Regardless of my family, regardless of the circumstances, regardless of the pain, regardless of my upbringing, you bought me on this earth. And the Bible says that before I lived one day, my life was penned out. This is the beauty of God. Before I live one, he had a purpose under heaven for every single one of us. Are we living our, our purpose? Are we living in such a way that we're fulfilling the call of God upon our life? And I know I've already said, why was I born at this point in history? You know, John O. Well, Sam, oh, take me back to World War II. Because they loved the history of that time. Not necessarily the events, but the history. For me, Robin Hood and Little John. For you, it could have been, I don't know, those beautiful gowns and, and all the rest of it. I don't, I don't know what, what you may be thinking. No, this is the time. But you know what? This is. This is not only the time, but this is the hour. This is the hour, church. You are here for this hour. In the journey of the history of time, our time on earth is so limited and so small. And if we only live by the chronos of our time, you will miss the chronos of what God wants to do in your life and through your life. You were born for such a time as this. Let me take a few moments to look at a couple of guys and ladies in the Bible who realized the time that they were in. Do you, I, I just want to keep on. Do you know the time that you're in? Do we, do we see the significance? See, God has given us salvation. He's given us his love. He's given us his forgiveness. As you have therefore received Christ Jesus, now walk in him and give him to others. Share the love of God with, with everybody. Sharing freely you have received, now freely give. This beautiful thing called salvation, the goodness of God, the good news of Jesus Christ. We, we are soul winners. Seeing others come into the knowledge of truth that totally sets you free. But this, in, in, in the history of Bible times, this is recorded of David in Acts 13, verse 36. Now, when David had served the purposes of God in his own generation, he, he, he wasn't looking for another generation. He wasn't looking for a time outside of his. He said, I will serve the purposes of God in my generation. 
While I have health and strength, whilst I've got the vigor and the ability, I want to live full on for God every day of my life. Giving him the best of who I am. Because he gave the best of who he was to me. I don't want to waste years. I don't want to just get by in years. I want to invest my years in the kingdom of God. And here David, he said, he served God's purposes in his generation. Can I ask you a question this morning? How are you serving the purposes of God in this generation right now? How? How are you doing it? Because without the question mark, we may just say, well, that's for somebody else. No, no, you as an individual, how are we serving the purposes of God in our generation? Because we need to be. And then it says he fell asleep. Well, that's going to happen to every single one of us. And he was buried with his ancestors. Well, that's going to happen to us. And his body decayed. That's going to happen to all of us, unless Jesus comes again. Quick. Because he's coming again, but whether he comes again that quick, for some of us, who knows. But the Bible is very clear. Whilst we have breath, let's live it and live it for God. Not for our own purposes. He fulfilled the will of God. He fulfilled his assignment that was given to him by God. He served the purposes of God in his generation. God will position his people to fulfill his purposes in the key moments of the history that we live in and has gone before. I wanted to look at a guy called Abraham. Many of you know Abraham in the Bible. Abraham was born at a very crucial moment in the history of time. A Kairos moment in his world. Because God chose Abraham because he would teach his children. I want to be a dad that God chooses in this generation because he will teach his children and his children's children the ways of God. You know, to have 10 grandchildren, I want to teach my 10 grandchildren how to love God, how to live big for God. Because they're living in a generation that is so dark and wicked. We need to be the light that they see so that it shines a path for them to follow. Every parent in this room, we need to live. But Abraham, he lived at this moment. He had a trust in God. He had no understanding what his future looked like. But God called him and said, Abraham, go that way. So Abraham left his father and his mother and he packed up all his belongings. He left his family and friends and all the rest of it and he went that way. Why? Because God said so. How about you and me? When God says, give up your life in this world. Come follow me. We may then come and be a part of a church. But have we given up the world that's out there? We can look at this in all sorts of different ways. But here it's very clear. Abraham left everything that was familiar and said, I'm heading in God's way. Then God said to him, you're going to have a child. Well, he was 100 years old and his wife was 90. It's like, how is this going to happen? But God said, he didn't say how it was going to happen. So they made up their own way. They, 
thought Kronos is running out. They thought time, the sands of time are running out. I'm 100, you're 90. How on earth? But in a Kairos moment, God intervened in the natural circumstances of our life or in Abraham's life and they were found to be with child. See, this is, this is, this is how we need to look for Kairos moments. They happen when you least expect it. And then, in that journey, God turns around to Abraham and said, I want you to sacrifice your child. It's like, but that's not what Israel do. That's not what Jews do. We don't do this. This is what... But he was testing his heart. And on the way up Mount Moriah, there's, there's Abraham and Isaac. And Isaac's saying, I can see the fire and I can see the wood, but where's the lamb? And Abraham turned around and said, God will provide himself a lamb. I love this poem. I love this. God will provide himself. And they carry on up the mountain to worship God. They go on, they carry on their journey. And Isaac turns again and he says, I see the wood, I see the fire, but where is the lamb? And he says, God will provide himself a lamb. There will be a Kairos moment. There will be a moment in history. There will be a moment in time where God provides. They get to the top. Poor old Isaac's tied to the, tied to the, uh, the, 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 the sacrifice altar. And he's like, but dad, you said, you said. And there caught in a thicket was a ram. It wasn't a lamb. It was a ram because there was an appointed time that the lamb, the lamb of God who would take away the sin of the world. There was a moment in time when the lamb would come. But at that moment, there was a ram in the thicket. God will provide himself a lamb. Just in these moments of Abraham's life, you can see how God intervened. He changed circumstances. He, He broke through when when Abraham couldn't understand what was happening, but God in the middle. I want you to know today, God knows the journey of your life. He knows the days that you've lived. He knows what you've been up to. He knows the struggles that you've had. He knows the failings that you've had. He knows the addictions that you had, yet God in this moment is speaking into your heart. Why? Because he can change the direction of your life. Who else in the Bible? Who else in the Bible? Joseph. Joseph was a man who in his young, young life, God gave him a dream. And in his dream, he saw his brothers bow down to him. And then later he had another dream where his parents also bowed down to him. And he shared his dream, this Kairos moment, this incredible God moment. He then shared it with his brothers who didn't like him at the best of times, and now they hate him. And as he's away, and as they throw well, they, first of all, they were going to kill him. Then they threw him down a well. Then they decided to get him out of the well and sell him into slavery. Then, in the journey of his life, he's in Potiphar's house. You can see there's God moments protected him from death. That's a Kairos moment. How many of us in the journey of our life have been protected from a death moment? You may not even know that, but you decided to drive 
home a different way. Had you have not driven home a different way that day, you may not be here today. But God caused you to go a long way round home. Oh, when we get to heaven and we start seeing the, the reels of our life and we start looking back and saying, God, you intervened there. I didn't even know that. I, I, I didn't see that you protected me. I was going to take that medicine, but it would have killed me had I done so. Oh, how many things that we'll see when we're in heaven of the interventions of God whilst we were on the earth. I think it's just going to be the greatest movie. The greatest movie you ever will see is the movie of your life that you're in. It would be the greatest movie. But you know what? In that movie, you can have more adventures. You can have more God moments. You can have greater activity and fun if you live a life big. Instead of cautious. So here in Joseph's life, he goes into Potiphar's. He gets sold into slavery. He goes into Potiphar's house. He's doing the work of a slave in Potiphar's house. But he was faithful. He remained faithful in all that he did. He gave of his best do you know what? In your work life, wherever you work, whoever your employer is, regardless of whether you like them or not, your employer is God. Amen. We work not unto man, but unto God. Therefore, he is worthy. When you're cleaning the floor, you're brushing the ceilings, whatever you're doing, you're going through the same motion every day in the factory floor. You're tying up knots and bolts and whatever else, whatever you do, do it unto the Lord because you work unto him. So he deserves our very best. He and here, this is, what, this is what Joseph was doing in Potiphar's house. And all of a sudden there was a God moment again and he gets promoted to overseer of all that was in Potiphar's house. Then he gets thrown into prison, falsely accused of all sorts of things. And you think, well, what was all that about? It was a God moment. How would Joseph have ever become the second most powerful person in all of Egypt had he had not been in the prison? How? How would it have happened? We don't understand sometimes the journey. We don't understand sometimes because we walk around with blinkered vision just seeing what's in front of us. But God sees the big picture. We would have thought, how is Joseph going to get from from? Being a Jew, being, being an Israelite, and, and just doing all that he was doing, looking after his father's house. How could he get from there to a foreign nation and being the second in command? There was a God moment called a dream. There were seven fat cows and seven thin cows. And all of a sudden, he interprets Pharaoh's dream, and he gets released from the prison and put in the palace. A Kairos moment took place at that time. And he's positioned as the most, second most powerful person in all the land. He was positioned there not just to have a place of position. He was positioned there to provide food for the nation that he had come from and for the nations that are around him for such a time. For such a time as this. God doesn't do this with just one or two. He does it over and over again. I, I ran out of time and space of how many people that I could, could write down. I want to look, a, look at one more. And that's Esther. And, and I'm sure most of you thought, oh, when is he going to get to Esther? Just to be politically correct, no. But because she was born for such a time as this. Listen to this scripture in Esther chapter 4 verse 14. It says, for if you remain completely silent 
at this time, what time? This Kairos moment in your life. Relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place. But you in your father's house will perish. Yet who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Every person sat in this room here today, you're not here by accident. You're sat here on purpose. You're not here because someone's invited you, even though someone may have done. But you're here by the invitation of God. You may be here because of the dedication, but hey, God had better plans, bigger plans. You may have been here for a dedication, but you were here for such a time as this because God needed you to hear this word on this occasion. Oh, I could have been talking about something else, but God needed you to hear this message today. I absolutely believe that because God sets us up not for harm, but for good every time because he's a good, he's a good God. The entire nation was dependent on the brave yes to God from Esther. Will you say yes to him? Will, will there be a yes that resonates from your heart? When we come into a worship service, are we trying to warm you up? Or are you going to say, yes, I worship you with all of my heart? When we come to the prayer meeting coming up, and then are we going to say, yes, I'm going to be there? Or we say, well, I can pray at home. Are we going to say, yes, I will serve. I, I will do whatever I can. I will be a part of the church journey. I will, I, will, I will set up. I'll break down. I'll do this. I'll do that. Because in a practical sense, there needs to be a yes. Is this your church home? If it is, then let your yes be yes and make the most of being in the house. I could talk of Moses, the Apostle Paul. I could talk about so many who were in the moment. See, why? Why? Why are there so many? You read the Bible and you look at the yes. Daniel, he's another one. Yes moment. Three times a day he's praying. He was in a foreign land, but God had him there for a purpose. You look at Jonah. Jonah, throw, he's thrown off the back of the boat. You know, oh, the only reason we've got the storm is because of you. And they chuck him off the boat. But it was a God moment. You think, how can that be a God moment? Because he was eaten, swallowed by the big fish, thrown up on the beach, and then Nineveh changed their heart towards God. Born for such a time as this. Do you know what? Even in our rebellion and our walking away from God, God is still on your case. He is still on your case. Because he, know he knows how the journey ends. You can look at Joshua's, Joshua's, Joseph's life. You can look at Joseph's life and say, oh, he had an amazing life. But you look at the journey, you think, there was hard times. It's easy to, easy to look at the end, but let's look at the journey. But God was with him every step of the way. Kairos moments in the Kronos of his life. Let me go finish with this. Now I'm going to give you this first. 
In Galatians 5.13, it says this. Brothers and sisters, God has called you to freedom. God has called you to freedom. If there's anything that's holding you back today, anything that's holding you from a relationship with God or a whole heart, God is saying, God has called you to freedom. Hear the call. God is calling you. Hear the call. Hear what he's saying to you today. And do not spoil this gift by using your liberty to engage in what your flesh desires. Instead, use it to serve each other as Jesus taught us through love. I've got one last thought I'm going to share with you is this. Our kairos time is our time in time to shine. To make our mark in the sands of time and to fulfill God's purpose and design for our life. Let me read it one more time. Our kairos time. You were born for such a time as this. You were born for this moment. Our kairos time is our time in time to shine. To make our mark in the sands of time. And fulfill God's purpose and design for our life. Will you call on God this day? Because goodness and mercy, the goodness of God and the mercy of God has been following you all the days of your life. Today could be that moment for you. For others in the room, you may be saying, oh, I need to live more wholeheartedly. I need, I need to commit my life more wholeheartedly. I need my, I, I, not just on a Sunday, but my, my seven days of the week. I need to commit to hearing the Holy Spirit moments in the journey of my life. I believe, every, I believe this is a word for every single person. To consider our journey, our purpose, and the position for which God has called us. In our generation today. I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray two prayers. Firstly, I'm going to pray. If anyone wants to give their life to Jesus today. Acknowledge him as their Lord and Savior. To know that he died on a cross for them. He took your sin when he died on that cross. He took our failures when he died on that cross. And today you can accept and receive what Jesus did. And make him your Lord and Savior in this room today. That to me is the ultimate. And then I want to pray a general prayer. That we would all walk in our God designed purpose. So church let's, uh, let's bow our heads. Close our eyes. Let's take this moment to be real before God. Let's examine our heart as we pray. We're going to pray it nice and loud all together. Because there may be one or two in the room that have never prayed this prayer. Or today you're praying it sincerely receiving Jesus into your life. So let's pray together. Jesus, I come to you and I acknowledge you died on a cross for me. You took my sin. You took my failings. And today you are offering me a brand new start and a brand new life. Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
while every head is bowed and every eye closed. If you prayed that prayer and you prayed it sincerely from your heart and you desire for Jesus to be the Lord and the Savior of your life, I'm going to count to three. And after I've counted three, I'm just going to ask you, invite you to pop up up your hand in acknowledgement that you're asking Jesus to be the Lord and the Savior of your life this morning. One, two, three. If that's you, just pop up your hand. Give me a wave. Pop it back down. Thank you. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. That's three first-time salvations in this room so far. Is there anybody else in this room you say, yes, count me in? I don't want to miss this moment. Three people saying yes to Jesus in the room. This is a holy moment. This is a kairos life-determining, life-changing moment. Is there anybody else in this room today? Going to count down from five. You saying, yeah, Jesus, I recognize this is a Kairos moment. I want you to be my Lord and Savior. Going to count down from five. Five, four, three, two, one. Father, I pray. For these three people that have acknowledged you as their Lord and Savior in this room today. And I pray, Father, for the transformation of their life. That as they yield to you and allow you to lead their life, Lord, that their life would explode with your love and your goodness all over them. Father, we celebrate the goodness of God in this place this morning. And Father, I pray for every single person. Lord, that we would be real with you. Holy Spirit, that we would encounter these Kairos moments. That we would know that we're in not only the Kronos of time, but those Kairos moments that change lives forever. Holy Spirit, speak into our lives, we pray. Bring revelation. Bring moments this week in people's lives, I pray. Amen.